0: You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 309 with Pollock Shaw. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Well, hello, everyone. I am super excited for today's episode. I wanted to have Pollock on the show because I feel like so many moms that were working before they had kids have come to this situation before. And I just thought it was so great what Pollock did with her life once she realized that staying in corporate America, being an engineer, wasn't going to work for her and having kids. And so if you find yourself in that situation, if you've had kids and you're just like, you know what, I don't want to do this daily grind, I don't want to try to do... um, all of these things that you would do before having kids and it was fine. And now you've had kids and you're like, this isn't fine. And um, so I wanted to bring her on to inspire you guys, not only to take a look into her program um, with real estate, but to just see that it can happen. You can go after your dreams. You can do things differently. You don't have to do things Um, In a way that you thought you were going to do them, because sometimes it just doesn't work out. And for those of you that do a corporate job and do the nine to five and make it work, I mean, hats off to you. I think that's great. You will see um, in this conversation that we're having that I myself had a hard time trying to figure this out, like how do you stay in the corporate world and maybe not work full time? I feel like it's either you're in or you're out. So you really have to decide, okay, am I going to let my career go knowing that I may not be able to get back in 10 years later or I need to stay in it and do the grind. And it may be really challenging as a mother and trying to you know, be an employee and do that kind of level of work. Um, so if you are doing that, hats off to you. Um, but if you're looking for something different, I hope that her story inspires you. Um, if you are looking to do real estate or anything like that, then I hope that you take a look into her program. Um, it just may be the thing that you were looking for. So I hope you guys really enjoy today's episode. Pollock, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Hi, Amber. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. Um, okay. So I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show, and I always love to leave my listeners inspired. So tell me, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? And it can be any phase of your younger self.
1: Yeah. I feel like in in my 20s and early 30s, the time before kids, I feel like um, I would, I would tell myself to be brave and trust yourself. And I think, you know, having kids really inspired me to take big risks and really find myself, but I could have done that sooner if there was that confidence Mm -hmm. that I had afterwards. So Yeah. yeah, I would just tell myself, be brave, trust yourself, you know, more than you think you do. And take those risks.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, I think that's so good. I think a lot of times women do have those gut feelings and they don't act on it. Like they yeah. kind of second guess themselves or hesitate. And and you know, a lot of times we we actually do know the answer. And and so to trust ourselves. So I, I absolutely love that. One hundred percent. Yeah. So let's get started. How about you tell us your full name, where you live, and how many kids you have.
1: My name is Pollock Shah. I live right outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I have two kids. They are five and seven.
0: Awesome. I wanted to ask you um how like I want to have you walk through like how you got to where you are today. Like so just sharing with us like a little bit of your journey so then we can kind of jump into the interview, but it gives the listeners a backstory of what you had to go through to actually get here.
1: Sure. Um so I was a mechanical engineer. Um, I got a master's in engineering and then I climbed the corporate ladder for 17 years. And then my husband and I decided to have kids and I was in my late thirties and, you know, I kind of did all the stuff that everybody said you're supposed to do, go to college, get a job, climb the ladder, get financially stable, and then have kids. And that's what I did. And, And then when I had kids, I realized I never got to see them because the higher up you climbed yeah. the corporate ladder, the less time you have for your family. Mm. Nobody tells you that. Yeah. And so I never got to see them. I had a really great job. I would travel all over the world. I would um my job was to train CEOs of different factories all over the world on this framework that we had developed. I was a very niche subject matter expert. And so it was a really good feeling because you're working with smart people, you're going all over the world, you're very well respected. It was it was great but it really doesn't fit with having kids and being able to enjoy them and so i would you know whenever i was even in town i would leave home while they were still sleeping and then i would by the time i would come back home it would be bedtime and then one day one day um i had this moment of clarity, I was sitting, um, on a conference call and I had to go do it from my office as opposed to the conference room where all the men were, um, because I had to pump and yeah. I had no time to pump throughout the day. So right. I was like, I'll do it from my office and I'll dial in and mm. then I'm pumping and I'm on this conference call and I'm thinking, <laughs> is this what I worked so hard to do? Like, is, is this the kind of life, you know, that I built after 17 years of working so hard?" So, um, I just, and then I just spent so many months in turmoil and mm. I just needed to do something about it. But, you know, with those of us who work so hard to build these careers, it's so hard to then just give Walk them away. up, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we started buying, uh, rent ready rentals. Um, we would, you know, gather up, scrape up every penny we had, and then we would put down payment on mm. a couple of properties and buy them. So we did that twice or maybe two or three times. And, um, it, it worked out really well. And I started, um, evening out my take-home salary. Right. And I was like, okay, so if I need X rentals, if I want to quit my job, um, But I I didn't want to wait because we could only buy two rentals a year and it would take me like 15 years to get to that point, right? So I didn't want to wait. And then we discovered this strategy, which uh, it's called the BRRRR strategy. So buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, Mm. uh, which allowed me to take the same amount of finite amount of capital and move it from one property to another while keeping all those assets and building the portfolio. And then I was able to quit my job within a year as opposed
0: to waiting 15 years to do it. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So it's been quite an amazing journey.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, okay, so what made you guys even think about jumping into real estate? Like, did any of you have that experience at all? Like before doing it?
1: Yeah. When, when I was in my, early twenties, when I was single, I had bought a condo and it was right before the crash, the, when the bubble 2008 crash, right. It was right before that. And I bought this condo and after the crash, it almost, so I bought it for 120 some thousand. Mm. And then within a couple of years, it went down to 85,000. Oh, wow. And then I was renting it out because I wanted to move away. Uh, for personal reasons, you know, to move in with my husband and whatnot, yeah. so I, I was renting it out, and the cash flow was so amazing and then, ten years later, when I looked at it, that property was in positive over a hundred thousand dollars in positive between the cash flow and between mm. the appreciation, yeah, and I said if I could. Buy a property at the worst time and mm. still benefit so much. Yeah. This has to be the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, Let's do more right. of this. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, because one of the things that I love talking about on the podcast and also helping my coaching clients is really empowering them to live out you know, their passion and, and live the life with a purpose. And so, the, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, what gave you that confidence to start that business and go after it? Um, especially working in the corporate world. So you saw mm-hmm. the benefits from that condo, even though that wasn't like you starting a business, but like at what point when you were mm-hmm. like, okay, I can't keep this up if I want to see my kids more, but you know, it's scary, right. To let go mm-hmm. of all that you worked for your income and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. think, okay, let's, let's try this and see how that goes. Like, I mean, was that really scary for you to finally let go of your job? Because I mean, I would think it could be easy to think like, okay, these worked, but like, can we just keep this going? You know, that we just keep making a lot of money. So like, what, what was your mindset during that time frame in that transitioning time?
1: 100%. It is so hard to think about quitting that career. I, I feel like you know, women of our generation, Mm -hmm. we have that double whammy, right? In the previous generation, women took a lot of pride and their worth was associated with how well they kept the house and how well-dressed their kids were and whatnot. And now it's that. And on top of that, now our self-worth is also associated with the success in our careers. And then that becomes your identity. And it's really hard to step out of that. And then you have to it it's it takes so many mindset shifts to accept that our worth is just because we are it has yeah. nothing to do with what we yes. bring and what we contribute right? right it's it's very it's a very difficult mindset shift and i'm not going to say i'm 100% there <laughs> yeah i get <laughs> but, it yeah yeah but realizing that that's the wrong way to think about myself worth mm-hmm. even though i hadn't come to terms with it fully it, it really helped make that transition. And I, f- I feel like being with my kids, mm. I just, I could feel it in my body. Like, I think it's also the hormones after you give birth. Yeah. And I was like, I, I felt like it was a visceral need. And I said, if I cannot give my body what it really needs, it wants to be near the babies. Right. There's something wrong with this picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I totally get um, that.
0: Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Were you going to say something?
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that it's, you know, I, and I, um, I I still remember every day I would Google, what if I quit my job Mm. or, (laughs) (laughs) or, uh, women who quit their corporate jobs. And I, I wanted to know what is happening. Like what would happen because I didn't know anybody who had done
0: that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also set ourselves up for a life that requires a double income, right? Like, so there are people obviously that have to, to have to work. They have to have the double income, but you know, there are many people that they're just kind of like, they just set their life up for the double income so that if one wants to back down, it becomes almost impossible. It's Mm because, because now they're just used to that lifestyle. So then it's like, okay, how do I get out of this, And, and that in itself is challenging and kind of like what you were saying about the worthiness. It's like, we are all worthy for just being who we are. And I do think that, you know, there is so much worth attached to, especially as being Americans, um, to how much you make, like Mm -hmm. you're worth more. And I'm not talking about worth more financially, but like you Mm -hmm. think about your own self worth based on how much you're making, how much you're bringing in, but like what you also were saying is like, okay, but then is the house being taken care of? Like who's cooking the food, who's doing all the things. And a lot of times it falls on the mothers, even if they are working. And so it's like, wait, how does this balance out? Like, and I feel like moms are having breakdowns because it's like, unless you have tons of help, it uh-huh. is, it is too much. It is too much. And yes. um, and, I feel that, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Um, I was just going to say, I, I feel like the, you know, it, even when, the workload is shared mm-hmm. evenly yep. in a yep. household, which mm-hmm. is I'm fortunate to say that, you know, we we're very um, the equalities at least inside our house. Equalities yeah. there, even though I couldn't find it in the corporate world. Sure. Yeah, Um, I still feel like as mothers, mm-hmm. you know, being being yeah. that we're <laughs> we're pumping while we're on conference calls, <laughs> yeah. really just has that inequality element mm-hmm. in it, yeah. which uh, maybe, you know, the next generation will have a better time with, with sure. better maternity leaves and everything. Yes. But yeah. until then, it's just the, un- the unfairness yeah. is just there.
0: Well, and I and I said this a long time ago um, and my girls are eight and 11. So I, I haven't been in this situation in a long time, but yeah. you know, you think about Europe and they get a year off and and stuff like that. And when they have a baby and I really feel like, we go back way too soon and it, and so especially yeah. if you are trying to breastfeed and stuff like that it is very challenging to figure all of that out and then a lot of people stop breastfeeding because of going back to work and they're like how am I pumping I'm pumping in a closet or I'm pumping in the bathroom in a stall and <laughs> blah 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 you know and they're just like oh I can't do it or it's too much or my supply is diminishing because I'm not keeping up you know and I just think we really So many challenges. Yeah and I feel like If we could just have been home with our babies for a year and like, you know, just getting them through the first year, I think that it would have allowed a lot more women to think about staying and working. Um, for me, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to work. So the flip side to that is because, so you're saying you're not seeing the kids. So then for me, I had to be like, okay, now I'm all in to staying home with a baby and this is very challenging to just be home with a baby the whole time. And it's like, it would have been nice to be bringing home some income and to be stimulated like with my mind, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was either like one or the other. And, and so, um, so it's true. It's, it's, yeah. there's only two choices, yeah, right? Especially in the there corporate no- world. Yeah. We were yeah. talking about yeah. that, but I think that if we would have even had the opportunity like other countries where you just get that year I think uh-huh. that takes such a load off the mother to not even have to worry that you I have maternity leave and that you're like, I have a year. And yeah. then um, I don't feel like, oh, this precious little baby who like their sleep schedule, all the stuff that's going on, all the milestones that a lot of times happen that you're afraid you're going to miss. You're, you know, and, and that stresses out a mom. It's like, that would kind of take care of it. Now, obviously we can't change that in this podcast, but Uh, What I'm saying is (laughs) that's, I think that in itself though, that Uh other countries have that right. And, um, it's really too bad that we do not have that and that, um, it looks very different for us. So I think people have to either say, I have to go back to work or I do want to go back to work because I don't want to start over. And then the other people, so for me, I stepped out of the corporate world and then I knew I was going to have another child, so of course I'm not going to go back to work. Because I'm like, okay, I'm going to have another child, and then now it will be so much time that I've not been in the corporate world, which you get dinged on if, like, you mm-hmm. see, like, on your resume that there's a huge gap, and so it, it's like they don't value this. So it it really yeah. kind of just sets you up to be like, well, what in the world? Like, I need to be working all the time and be gone, um, or I need to sacrifice my career and be home and get penalized later. And so it is very, very frustrating. I don't know why we we haven't figured this out yet. And so, um, yes, maybe my girls will have a different experience being eight and 11. Like, I hope that it will be easier that they have more choices in regards to staying home, that they don't have that pressure to figure out like, Oh, if I leave right now, then I'll be penalized. Um, but the main point is, is that I love that you decided to do something, even though it was probably scary. You didn't see other people doing it. And I know that there's a lot of women out there and maybe they don't have babies right now. Maybe they're right now. They're kind of like where I'm at. I'm realizing that I have a middle schooler and I mean that my life has shifted a lot. So I have an elementary and a middle school and I tell you like after school, it's kind of bonkers with their activities. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I don't even know how working parents are getting here at four o'clock. Like how are they, how are working parents able to get here at four o'clock? And then my youngest has a schedule that is like, Oh, two times a month on Wednesday, they decided it would be great to like early release at 2 PM again who are the working parents that are like, oh, this is a wonderful idea for this to happen. And my whole point is like, I don't know how double working parents can keep up with these schedules. And you think it's just bad when it's babies, but I'm like, oh no, it gets all crazy when they're in sports after school doing all this stuff. And it's like, who's picking them up? Who's taking them here? And this is why I wanted to come on to talk about how you had the courage to do it, what gave you the confidence to keep going and finally let go of your job. So if people are in this situation, maybe they don't have babies, maybe they have middle schoolers and they're realizing this is too challenging. I need to figure out something. I want to have, you know, a creative, um, outlet. Maybe I don't want to work the corporate job anymore. So when you finally changed and decided, okay, I'm going to go for this. How many houses did you probably do, before was it only the two or did you do more before you finally put in your notice
1: so we um yeah i think going going back going back to that point it's it's not just about breastfeeding and the night schedule and all that right your body needs to heal after you give birth emotionally yes. you're there's so much that happens emotionally that that needs space to heal right and then in the corporate world, you're penalized. I found I was constantly penalized because I wanted to um, leave, ho- leave working time to pick up the kids from the daycare when it yep. was, you know, my husband and I would kind of tag team and figure out who's going to drop them, who's going to pick them up. And then somebody was sick all the time. And then I constantly found myself being penalized. And um, the the attitude that the corporate world has for working mothers is just not what it should be. We bring just as much to the table despite, you know, being new mothers, but it's, you're penalized for it. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of having that courage. So, you know, we, there's so much emphasis being put on being positive and, you know, having that positive attitude, whenever something happens, I kind of went the other direction Mm. and, I I let that pain fester and I got angrier <laughs> uh, by the day. And mm. I think that that really fueled me to take a massive step and make a change that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I still remember talking to my mom, my family, I would talk to everyone and I would tell them that things didn't seem fair for many reasons and everyone was like, yeah, but your kids are going to grow up and everything's going to be fine. But think about it, you're in such a great position financially. And Mm. think about it, you you know, everybody's helped, like all of these things that are positive spin on the spins on that situation. And I'd be like, yeah, but none of that's really helping me. right now." (laughs) And I think that letting that pain fester, if you really want to make a big change, I think it's important to feel that pain enough to understand that without making a change, you're just going to constantly be living in it. And I'm an engineer, so everything works in my head better with numbers. <laughs> so yeah. the way I thought about it was, I said, "All right, this is my take-home salary. If I kept the kids one hundred percent of the time, I have to make. Uh, we were, I think, we were spending two or three thousand on just childcare every month. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So I said, if I if I just kept the kids myself, I didn't hire any um, kind of um, support. For childcare, I would have to make three thousand less, and then we. St- I started subtracting things from my take home that I would have to make less off if I wanted to stay home, and then um, I started adding the cash flow from the property. So I think we were making five hundred a month from. Hmm. We had three properties that we were making. 500 a month from, I believe. And so took that in. And then I still had a deficit, right? So I'm an engineer and I'm like, all right, this, if I quit my job today, we're still, we still have a little bit less every month. And then had a conversation with my husband and I said, listen, I do want to do something big financially. And so is that deficit for our family's finances, is that hit worth taking for the potential of what it could be in the next few years. Mm. And then we came to a decision um, that, all right, let's take a chance and and see what happens. So that, Wow. That, okay. That, that was yeah. kind of like the thought process.
0: Yeah. And so when you say a chance, are you saying like taking money and putting it into a property?
1: No, taking the time that I would have... Spent on a full time job mm. and putting it towards building something. out oh, got you. Yes, while being with the, the kids. Yeah, and and taking a chance on myself. I guess. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, how did you get past the part of feeling like this could totally fail? And then, and then what? What did I do? You know, how did you get yeah. past that?
1: So this is how I think about it, and I, you know, I, I encourage. I would say, especially us as women, uh, everybody to think about it. We are so um, fearful of asking questions when it comes to finances and money. And so I thought, okay, if I wanted to build something, what do I understand? The stock market, all right, I would have to really understand it. I, I think the money could go poof one day if the stock market crashes. And then I said, okay, I understand real estate really, really well. Even if the market goes up and down. That asset is tangible. It's going to be there no matter what. I understand it. If you think about it from a super simple concept, right? If it makes sense to you, that is the direction to go in. And I would just continue asking questions until it made sense. And I think a lot of times we don't do things because we kind of hear the inflection in the other party's voice, and we kind of shy away from asking more questions because we don't want to annoy someone. We don't want to sound not very smart. I don't know. There are so many reasons why we don't ask questions. And I just learned to constantly use this in my language. Like, listen, I'm an engineer, but I like my numbers to be super simple. Can you explain this to me until I understand it? Can you explain this to me Mm. like a five-year-old? And at some point, I got it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. And even though you're smart, it's like you were willing to be like, no, I need you to explain this very simple, like so that it completely makes sense. And I think sometimes we're afraid to seem like we're dumb or we don't know what's happening. Um, So when you were having them explain stuff, like in that situation, were you having people explain like the real estate stuff to you, like and how that would work and all that? Yeah. So this
1: is what I tell everyone you know, the success in real estate is all about understanding the finance. Everything else can be outsourced, especially as a mom, if we want to, you know, build a business out of this, my goal is lifestyle first, right? So Mm -hmm. I want to outsource as many things as I can, but the money piece is something I have to understand. So I took Two weeks. And whenever my kids would be napping, I would call lenders. Literally, oh. that's all I would do. I just kept wow. calling lenders. At, at one point I had called 90 different lenders. Wow. And I understood what, how everything worked. Yeah. And, you know, at some point you'll call someone and they will be willing to explain it to you the way it makes sense to
0: you. Right. I love so, it. So, yeah. So to keep going is what you're saying. Keep going. Keep yes. going. Absolutely. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party, or going on vacation, or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is A-OK. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living, Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. I was going to say, okay, so When you were doing this, like, so if somebody was thinking to themselves, they want to start something new and they want to take that chance, you know, how long did it really start or how long did it take to really start up getting it up and running? And you were seeing like, okay, I'm getting money and this is working for me. Um, you're, and you're like, okay, this is it. Like we did this. Like how long from the very beginning when you're like, I'm going to quit my job to like, okay, this feels pretty good. And we're making good enough money that I don't feel like I made a bad decision. Yeah, that's a good question.
1: So I think in the beginning, um, what I was doing was trying to understand the numbers. And then I was trying to understand the market and what makes a good deal. And then it took me a while to figure it out. And then we tried it once. Mm. And I tried it once and it. this strategy is very lucrative because you can take, you know, you take $25,000 and you keep reusing it again and again while keeping the houses, yeah. right? So right. lucrative, but anything lucrative is also difficult to master. Mm. And so it has a construction component and it has all these different pieces. So what I did was um, I started, I took the simplest possible project I could find. I took the smallest possible house I could find. And then I took something that I could repeat again and again. And I said, I'm going to put all my efforts into understanding this really, really well. And then I can repeat it again and again,
0: Mm, right? Get that
1: scalability element. And, um, and then, I mean, I had, as an engineer worked in factories before, so construction is very different, but it's a similar environment. So it it came a little more naturally to me than it sure. would have if I had never been on a factory floor before. So I repeated it a few times uh with just that one template that I had established and that worked. And then I said, All right, if I really want to kick things up a notch, we're gonna have to do a bigger project. So then I found um a 10-unit building and that really made a difference. So the, mm. the cash flow from that building was um 3600 a month, I think. And if you compare that compared to your after taxes income, right? Because real estate gets taxed very differently than our W-2 incomes. Right. And so I was like, this is a pretty decent chunk of money. And then I made, I think in terms of equity, I made $250,000 in that equity. I'm like, I would have to work my butt off for an entire year to not even make this much. And And so at that point I said, okay, if I can do even one project like this every year or every couple of years, that would be, that would work.
0: I love that. Now let's jump forward a little bit. Okay. So now you help other people, right? Like do this. Is that correct? Okay. So for the people that are kind of like, oh, okay. So, you know, I don't know if I could ever see myself starting a whole business like this or doing real estate on my own. I have no idea. Um, You do help um, investors leave their nine to five. So I would love for you to share what that looks like. And that if there's moms listening and they're thinking, oh, this is totally up my alley. Like I need somebody to walk me through. This sounds amazing. Share with us what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So we, um, yeah, so my, uh, the, education arm of my business mm-hmm. is called Open Spaces Women. We um, initially wanted to really just help other women do this. And it started organically uh, because people are reaching out and they were like, how did you scale this so fast? Right. I want to do it. Yes. And I'm going everywhere with my kids. So you have to know, like my contract, I make, I, <laughs> my <laughs> contractor has worn my babies in like a baby carrier. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. <laughs> looking at properties. So So as I started meeting people, I realized that we all go through similar challenges to get, get to a point where we can take action and get that, you know, first deal under contract. So after working with a bunch of people, we kind of, um, identified a framework that really works step-by-step, right? So the way it works is, uh, we, we only take on a handful of people at a time so I can kind of get to know everybody. Mm. Um, But you come in and then um, you learn the strategy from start to finish Mm. in terms of how to purchase the property, how to renovate it, what goes into renting it, what goes into the finance component and how to outsource it and build it like a business, right? And so you learn the theory theory piece and then we start identifying the right neighborhood and then we start identifying the right property and then once you get under, under contract, we start figuring out what should go into construction and what is the right rent for it and how are you going to finance it and so on and so forth. And then the next step is how are you going to scale this now? You know, you did it once. Do you like it? Do you want to change it, tweak it? And then let's scale it further. So I would say it takes about, um, About one year, six months to a year to get to a $1 million portfolio. And then about three to five years, I would give myself like about three to five years to replicate
0: if you have a a salary, replicate that. Oh, wow. Okay. So when you say a $1 million portfolio, portfolio, what does that look like?
1: That is usually about five to six single family homes.
0: Okay. I see.
1: That's what it looks like. And yeah. they're renovated. You know exactly what's behind the walls because you've participated in making decisions on the renovations and um, they're they're all set for you for as long as you keep them.
0: I see. Okay. So now do you help people even that, that don't live in the area?
1: Yeah. So about 30 to 40% of the people that we work with are out-of-state investors. They live in expensive neighborhoods like California, New York, and Um, this strategy works really, really well in up and coming neighborhoods. So we kind of help, help them figure out what the right neighborhood is for them and how to build the right team so that they can be there on the
0: ground. So how do you help them figure out the area to buy in when you live in Pennsylvania? Like explain that for me.
1: So we want a neighborhood that has enough inventory of distressed properties and renovated properties for Mm. this to work really well because you need distressed properties as your raw material, right? To build your product. And then you need renovated properties for your lender to be able to compare them to and give you that loan that you Mm. want, the amount that you want. That makes sense.
0: Okay. So for the moms, as we wrap up, the moms that are thinking, wow, this is like something I really would like to do. This sounds great. It sounds like you're going to hold my hand through this big thing that I wouldn't even know what to do. Um what does this look like? So, uh, with, how often do you do groups and how many people do you usually take on at a time?
1: So we we take on a handful of people every week. You can join pretty much any time you want. Mm, okay. Um but we we have very limited spots, so sure. we only take on a handful of people every week. And okay. then um you start as soon as you enroll and then go on and do it. One thing I would say For moms, because I'm a mom and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. I tell everyone, give yourself grace and just do your best. And when life takes over, the best part about this business is Mm -hmm. you're the boss. Yeah. So you can dial it down and dial it up
0: depending on your life. Yeah. Okay. So if they were like, I want to sign up, how much does it cost to join the group? And then also, do you have like a set number that people wouldn't? need to have when they're looking for houses. So like if they're really thinking about this, how much money are you saying this is an ideal amount to get you going so to get into your group but then also like how much like what is a general rule? Like do you have that for like if people were trying to think about like can I actually do this or not?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um I the, the minimum amount that I would recommend that you have is 25,000. Okay. So the is going to give you enough money to pay mm-hmm. for the program and also have enough seed money to oh. leverage. And then we show you how to borrow the oh, rest of the money. Oh, got it. Okay. And I, I know yep. a lot of real estate gurus say that, oh, you, you don't need any money. You can do zero down. And I always tell people like, that when it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't trust yeah. That. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. That's perfect. And then you say that it kind of goes, um, like how long is the program, um, that they were kind of, that you're walking them through everything. Do you say that six months to a year? So we,
1: uh, we have a foundations period, which is three months. And then at the end of three months, um, you can either choose to continue on and implement mm. the strategy with us, or by the end of
0: the three months, you would have your first property under contract and then oh, take it from there on your I own. see. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So um, Pawlik, um, as we like close, uh, is there anything that you wanted to add about just your journey in itself or about your business um, that we didn't touch on that you would want moms to know about before we end today?
1: Yeah, um, all I would say is if you're a woman and you're thinking of investing in real estate, don't think about it in terms of um, all the gurus that are out there Think about it from the perspective of what you want want out of life first. Like what kind of lifestyle are you after? And will doing something like this give you that lifestyle that you want? That is the first question you want to answer before you think about any of this.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is, uh, you know, I I love that too. Like I've heard this, especially to be told to girls growing up specifically, what Mm -hmm. is the lifestyle that you want? And that helps you to figure out what... Job, what career to go after? Because I don't think anybody ever talks about that, right? Like right. we always we just weren't ta- taught that. No, we weren't taught that, and so yeah. um, I think that's very eye opening. And I love that you added that. So, where can people find you? And I also will put this in the show notes. The best
1: way to reach me is to follow us on Instagram at Open Spaces Women, and
0: you can DM me and ask me any questions you want. Perfect. All right, Pollock, it was so great talking to you. This was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank
1: you so much for having me. This was amazing.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to com forward slash coaching. See you there.